Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the eighth episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, how are you doing? Hi, Nolan. I'm good. How are you? I'm very chilly. It started off as a very nice morning this morning. I walked outside at um, about 5 a.m. and it was a nice brisk plus three, plus four. And I was like, this is going to be a good day. And then uh, within about four hours, it decided it was going to drop down to like minus two, minus three. And then the Ontario, uh, the awful Ontario windshield decided it was going to pick its ass up. And then by the time I got home tonight, um, it's it's freezing. Like m- my nipples were like bleeding through my shirt. <laughs> what? <laughs> bleeding through Starting your shirt? Starting off episode you, eight with a bang. Did you run a marathon? Like, do you need some Vaseline? Uh, no, I just put some tape on them when I got home. Like I was like, uh, I was like, I was like Andy Bernard in the one episode of The Office where he puts <laughs> the tape on his nipples. So I'm curious, how how cold is effing cold that you were describing? It's really not that bad because, like I mentioned beforehand, or well, like we mentioned beforehand in a previous episode, that Saskatchewan nothing really compares to a Saskatchewan winter because it's freezing cold. But I think it's the fact that I'm so used to it being somewhat nice here. It um, it definitely doesn't feel very good when it gets when it gets chilly when it gets chilled to the bone. That makes sense. It's you, it's acclimatized, right? It's like it's like in the fall when it's minus four and you're like, oh shit, and you put on your winter coat and the heaters on and your command starting your vehicle, and then in April when it's minus four, you got your t-shirt on and you're driving around with the windows down, and it's all about what you're used to. Did you know that almost nobody uses block heaters here? Really, I find that hard to believe. It's very bizarre. Like, typically when you buy a car from a dealership in Saskatchewan, you get, like, you get a block heater with your car. Cold heater, cold winter winter weather package or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And they do not do that here whatsoever. Like, uh, unless you're getting a diesel car, they're not even going to worry about a block heater. Diesel. So... Diesel, um, and as anyone can maybe tell right now, uh, I looked at some settings for my microphone on Google like an idiot, and realized that I've been recording the last like three episodes in omnidirectional. Which, in case anyone doesn't know, um, this is a uh, this is this is applied to uh, conference calls, field recordings, and events slash orchestras. So. Um, I apologize for that. No, and I feel like the average person is is going to hear omnidirectional and not go, yeah, that's common. That's common speak. I know. I, I my microphone does that as well. <laughs> I feel like a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie. Uh, well, a little bit of an oopsie on Saturday. Ah, that was a nice segue. Uh, segue. Ah, there you go. Woo. Uh, with the Oilers dropping a 4 nothing loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs, effectively ending their five-game winning streak on this nice little stretch they did where they swept the Flames, they swept the Canucks, and they took a win against the Jets. And uh, it just had to come to an end on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, just like my girlfriend in grade six, all good things have to come to an end. It's time to uh, to deal with it and move on. I feel like there was a really good, like, late 2000s song that was made about all- oh there was a um, yeah, Nelly, yeah, Furtado. Nelly Furtado yes oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> what do all good 
things come to an end. <laughs> that song pounds. Nelly Furtado in general pounds. Oh, she's um, she's she's gorgeous. She is well, she, Canadian treasure. She, yeah, man she, eater. Throw man eater in your workout playlist. Promiscuous, honestly, still like fucking slaps. Like that's a that's a wicked tune. Like like the the uh, like the interplay of her uh, between her and uh, Timbaland. I don't even yeah, know the dude, words. Tim, Timbaland is hot in that song. You go. I, fun fact: I didn't know that uh, Timbaland was a was a, a brand before the rapper i thought that they were you know the same thing yeah but they're timberlands not not timbaland it's timberland is the shoe company i know but i thought he like started it and then lo and behold (laughs) i was on a i was in europe and i was on a trip and we're in the timberland store and i'm like oh yo like the rapper and my like 60 year old teacher's like no like the famous brand of clothing and i'm like oh this is uh, this makes me look stupid. That 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 would be like uh, that would be like you thinking that uh, Carhartt is actually the brand started by Carter Hart. <laughs> no, it's just for uh, it's just for art students to wear toques. <laughs> not not even just art students, just but like just like trashy like like New York hipsters. So I guess I, saw, I guess I guess art students. I saw a meme today, and it's like everybody want to wear Carhartt shit until it's time to start doing Carhartt shit. <laughs> Anyway. That's such a that's such a classic. Don't go to university, go to college meme. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um, but let's get to could, it. You oh, could sorry. tell that that you could tell that that Leafs game was going to be a shithole when you saw the opening information that Dave Tippett was scratching Bush to put in Patrick Russell. J- just a just a quality coaching decision. Who would have thunk? <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't going to come back to bite you in the ass. Nolan, um, I know you were uh, had other things going on there. You weren't able to watch it. What what was going on in your life? Well, it, it's funny because so Taylor and I went to go uh, visit with her friends. Shout out Sarah. Shout out Jay. Shout out Lindsay. Shout out uh, Mason. Uh, all nice and socially distanced, of course. Uh, and uh, then we decided that we were going to go out for dinner. And we sat like we sat there at the table. And I hadn't I hadn't watched the first period. I hadn't I hadn't watched any part of the game. And then luckily when we got to the restaurant, the second period had just started. So I'm like, oh, perfect. But they're down three nothing. This is fantastic. Oh, lovely! I love this. Um, or maybe they're down two nothing. I don't know. But what's funny is that it was so far away that I could barely see what was going on, and I was uh, I was enjoying the uh, overpriced uh, but quite delicious uh, six ounce steak uh, at the restaurant that I was at. Uh, I'm not going to give them any sort of credit, so no free ads. But overall. Uh, from what I could see, it looked, it just looked like bounces just weren't going their way more than anything. And, and, and it would just, it just looked like it just wasn't their night. And that's, that's going to happen. Um, uh, especially with good teams, teams like teams have that all the time. For sure. Well, Nolan, I'll give you the, I'll give you the lowdown, the lay of the land from my perspective. Um, first period tempo, at least for the first 10 minutes was crazy. It was back and forth, no whistles. Like, I actually couldn't believe what I was watching. It, it was amazing first 10 minutes of the game. Um, but it just, the tail of the tape seemed to be a lot, from the Oilers anyway, was a lot of centering passes that weren't high probability, but just kind of being tossed towards the mouth of the goal. Um, again, they, they're famous for this, is trying to chip the puck out of the zone or um, tap the puck out of the zone to the streaking guy just, you know, for a burst of speed up, up and out and letting the puck get carried out and just having that broken up over and over and over that was extending the plays for the Leafs. 
Um, can I bitch about William Nylander for two minutes? Absolutely. Okay, so William Nylander scored a goal that was an absolute thread. There was like four guys in front of the net, and I think just about just a very small amount of space um, between Mike Smith's body and his arm. And yeah, he absolutely threaded it. But it doesn't matter how nice the goal was. It doesn't matter how nice the moves were. He <laughs> needs to do something about his hair. Like, actually, William Nylander. So dude, and it's coming out of his freaking ear holes. Like, tuck that shit back behind your head. Throw the bucket on. Maybe a little bit of water from the Gatorade bottle just to hold everything in place. He's Swedish. He should know better. He's doing himself a disservice with that haircut. Who do you think has a better hairstyle, William Nylander or me? Right now? Yeah. You <laughs> You look like uh you look like like the death mask of a Greek console. Dude, I look like the lead singer of Three Days Grace. I hate everything about you. Speaking of things I hate everything about, um, we were the victim of a vintage Jason Spezza goal where he faked the slapper or the pass across, pulled it back, and then scored. I'm calling that we got 2007 I, I feel like we've already been 2007 by Jason Spezza, which is very unfortunate. Uh, I feel like that's already happened. Jason Spezza, Jason Spezza has been 2007ing a couple people. He he made the uh, he made the Canucks look. He's foolish, looking good, man. Good uh, for him. Games ago, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Jason Spezza. I've always been a big Jason Spezza guy. Uh, I won't imitate the late great Brian Murray trying to say his name, but that's if you know, Jason you know. Jason Spezza. Fuck, you could have taken the, the class here out The Hira? And decided want, to be a dirt Yeah, well, yeah, well instead, I'm going to laugh like fucking Jason Spezza. <laughs> Man, Jason Spezza used a wood stick until like 2013 when Sherwood stopped making them. And he had, he had a, I'm not even kidding, I was reading an article about it. He had like a stockpile of 700 when he was in Dallas and just kept breaking them because they're a fucking wood stick. Um, just because he didn't want to move to a composite. <laughs> That's kind of like the uh, Patrick Marlowe skates thing. Like how yeah. Patrick Marlowe was using those garbage skates for years until they, until they stopped making them. And now he's like, oh, I got to transition to these guys. Maybe that's why he lost his, maybe that's why Spezza lost his game for a little bit there. He was just getting used to the, getting used to the new tool. To and, now he's, and, now he's, and now he's going to score 65 goals. <laughs> Danny Heatley, I want to play with you again. Come to <laughs> Toronto. Um, shout out to Jack Campbell though, 30 save shutout. I'm not sure how many of those were grade A scoring chances, um, but anyway, that's the third career shutout for him. Nice to see a young guy coming out playing well. I just wish it wasn't against the Oilers. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a tough look. I, I remember when Jack Campbell was drafted because do you, do you know actually know which draft Jack Campbell was in? Like 14. He was in the Taylor Hall draft, 2010. Oh wow, good for Jack Campbell. Yeah. He was the, I believe he was the tenth overall pick, and I remember watching it on TSN, he, and I can't remember. Is he out of London? Uh, I believe no Windsor. He played Windsor. for Windsor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because I, I yeah, but he may have. Ugh, I honestly, can't. you know what? That's gonna drive me nuts. I'm 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 literally googling this as we speak. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's been nice to see that he's actually made a pretty decent career for himself. I know that he is American. That's the one thing I know. Yeah. But um, he was, oh, go ahead. Played for Spitfires and Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, of course, oh, okay. because Kyle Dubas. Anyways. Yeah, he was stuck behind uh, Jonathan Quick for a really long time, so that takes, you know, and that was like prime Jonathan Quick, so it's not like he was really getting any opportunities, so good for him to 
uh, finally sit behind uh, another goalie. (laughs) (laughs) But the the one thing I wanted to just mention, because it it seems like a few people have actually been talking about this on like Twitter and stuff like that. And I've kind of thought about that for the last few games is I feel like there's something wrong with Leon. Um, I I think there just has to be an injury or something going on because it feels like on like at five on five, at least he hasn't been the same guy, if that makes sense. Um, he, I I can't remember which game it was, but he took a, I want to say it was off. I want to say he took a shot off the wrist or something like that. And it just seems like there's just, he hasn't been quite Leon Dreisaitl. It seems like he's been kind of like Leon, like dry, like, like DRY Seidel. Like he's been, (laughs) Uh, that was actually pretty good. I'll give you, that's not bad. TY. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned, but it must be something that he's able to work with. And it must be something that he thinks he can be able to heal because I doubt a guy at that elite of a talent would put himself in a situation where he can get actively worse. So right. I hope not, but I'm just wanted to just throw that out there. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting prospect, uh, to think about. For sure, yeah, right? Because exactly. that's super common for hockey players, especially to try and play through something. And if it is a hand or a wrist or finger or anything like that, I mean, that's very difficult for him to make those crisp hard passes that he's so famously made the past couple of years, or just absolutely dynamo one into the back of the net. So hopefully he's not hurt. Hopefully it is just a DRY spell, but uh, I'm sure he'll be back to form sooner than later. I hope so. Um, I, I well. I figure we should probably mention it ju- just so that we kind of get it out of the way because we didn't touch on it. We instead went straight to the negative, <laughs> but uh, the Oilers made a, that made an absolutely insane comeback on or during the Monday game, Monday or Tuesday. I, Oh my God, all these days are kind of going through my head, but they had the three, nothing comeback victory. They had the, the comeback from the three, nothing deficit over the Vancouver Canucks, which I think personally, that is the game for the Canucks. I think that that game ended their season. That took everything out of the Canucks, and I think they are done. Like initially, I was like, "Oh well, they're a pretty good team. They have some talent on that team." But I, that like that that game right there reminds me very um, like they as a team remind me of the Oilers after the playoff run. Like you remember when they got rid of Eberle and like eighteen, uh, like the seventeen eighteen season. Yeah. Yeah. It just has that gross sort of like there's something going wrong and the defense is just playing completely atrociously. So uh, I'm like, not that I'm a Canucks fan, but I'm, I'd be worried about that team. Um, But that was the first, uh, that was actually the first three, nothing or the, the, the the first time the Oilers have come back from a three, nothing deficit since the eighties, which is nuts. That's actually crazy to think about. So as much as you're saying, that's a, like a mercy killing of the Canucks. That's also a statement game for the Oilers, right? To be able to rally and be that team that can win any game, any situation, any given night. Huge. Absolutely, yeah. Huge. Especially that first goal. That yeah, was a quick, I, early, greasy goal uh, that Bo Horvat, shut up Bo Horvat, scored from like just above the goal line, nearly with his ass on the boards, and Smith just let in a flub. Like, I think... The Oilers of old would have gotten that goal scored on them, and it would have been like a 5 nothing route. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, this team is is much more mentally strong, and it's so comforting to see, especially because a lot of it's it's coming from the leadership core, and from everything I've heard from the interview so far, uh, is a, is a lot of the guys said that the message was from the players and was going into the third period it was they said we're going to win this, and that is that says something about. Not only Dave Tippett, not only Connor McDavid, but it has a lot to say about guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, has a lot to say about Darnell Nurse, has a lot to say about even guys like Adam Larson as well, where these guys are not ready to just lay back and take the beating. They are they are they're they're gonna claw back. And I was kinda hoping they would have done that in the Toronto game, but they didn't. But ultimately they they uh, they had a very successful week, which also had a three nothing shutout for the Oilers. So congratulations, Mike Smith. We're calling that one Stonewall Smith. That game is being called Stonewall Smith. Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> Both the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> it's just John C. Riley. <laughs> I find that joke. Okay, Anchorman Two has its faults, but there. That like that joke in it is so fucking funny. How he it's John C. Riley as a Confederate general <laughs> yeah. sucking people's souls. That's grade A writing. That is fantastic it's so funny. writing. <laughs> well, nonetheless, um, that's pretty much it for the games. But we do have some breaking news because we are recording on a Monday and not a Sunday. In case anyone heard, I don't know if I mentioned it from the from the top of the show yet, but we are recording on a Monday. And so what that means is that we were able to get the breaking news from today, which was... The Oilers have claimed Alex Daylock off of waivers. Oh my stars! The 33-year-old goaltender is coming over from the Minnesota Wild after stops in San Jose as well as the Toronto Marlies. Uh, last year, Alex Daylock posted a 2011-4 uh, record with a 267 goals against average and a 910 save percentage on a pretty stinky Minnesota Wild team last year. So that's pretty hot. And um, he signed to a three-year, $2.35 million extension, which pays him about seven hundred eighty-five grand per year. So we get not only this year, but also next year as well. And a, a capable journeyman guy there, hey? Absolutely. This guy, it, it seems like no matter what, no matter where this guy goes, it looks like he's just, even if he, even if he doesn't steal games for you, as long as he's a serviceable backup, which is all the Oilers need, just don't allow these ridiculously god-awful goals. Just keep the Oilers in a situation where they can hang on and they can survive the game. And it seems like that's exactly what Alex Daylock has to offer. Um, and it, it also does seem from the from the Twitter reaction that a lot of people are pretty upset about Alex Daylock getting through waivers and at least getting to the Oilers because people in Buffalo were screaming his name. Uh, people people that were cheering for the Wild uh, were screaming his name as well. Um, the one thing I did want to mention, though, is he is currently coming off of an injury. He actually has not played a game this season, so a little bit of cause for concern. But ultimately, I like I like. I, I like the possibility of him coming in and being able to, uh, and him being able to maybe steal the spot from Miko Koskinen if it, if it ends up coming to that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, no, I, I love that. I think that's great. I know uh, earlier in the season where Forsberg was supposed to be our third goalie before he was claimed, um, you know, not 
not as much of a journeyman as Staylock, right? The ceiling was a little bit higher. The floor was a little bit lower. Staylock, you kind of know what you're getting. He's a little bit more of a safe bet. Um, or not a safe bet, but like an expected bet. So yeah, uh, two weeks in quarantine, let the Oilers doctors check him out and yeah, see if we can get him into a game and maybe give Schmitty a break or give Koski a break if he needs it. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely think that this is a, this is honestly a much better turnout than having Anton Forsberg, to be completely honest. This is, at, at least that's how I feel. Yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Um, like you mentioned, the, are you drinking of a uh, pizza cup? Oh, hold on, Nolan. I don't know if that's a pizza cup or if that's just another uh, chain of pizza in Regina. Uh, if it is, you know, possibly the best pizza in Regina. No free ads. You know how to get at me. <laughs> give me a, give me a free. I, actually, they make really good poutines. I forgot about that. Oh, sorry. Um, the place that we uh, are not talking about, they make they make they make really good poutines. Oh, or if you're man. an asshole, pull it down. <laughs> or Quebecois. <laughs> if you're Quebecois. Forsberg. But, uh, yes, Forsberg. We hardly knew the. Yes, so as you were mentioning, uh, higher ceiling, lower floor, and that that's overall what concerns me because it's, it, it's kind of like with any sort of uh, – um, with any sort of like raw player you get coming in or, you know, like coming off of waivers, you have that higher ceiling, but you have a much lower floor. So it's like, would I rather have, I don't know, I'm trying to think, would I rather have Josh Hosang on my team or would <laughs> I rather have uh, Kyle Clifford? I'd rather have Kyle Clifford on my team. Yeah. And not to mention Josh Hosang is a piece of shit. <laughs> a bit of a problematic player, if you will. <laughs> Has a few off-the-ice concerns around him. Uh, Nolan, there's one thing I wanted to say, um, yes. or a few things I wanted to say. Um, Oilers stats that stick out to me. Um, this is before the Leafs game, so this is as of February 26th. Mike Smith, 944 save percentage. Um, first goalie, six-plus six wins in six games started. McDavid, first in the NHL in points. Josh Archibald, fifth in the NHL with hits. Darnell Nurse, first in the NHL for time on the ice. McDavid, 18 power play points, first in the NHL. Dreisaitl, 14 power play points, second in the NHL. Oilers, 28 points, second in the NHL at the time. Crazy. Uh, Oilers, 79 goals for, first in the NHL. 8-2 over their last 10 games. Best 10-game uh, stretch in the NHL before that game against the uh, Maple Leafs. So that is pretty damn impressive. I know we were uh, we were sad there when we were talking about the Leafs game and how they weren't able to come back and all that, but there is definitely reason to celebrate and reason to be happy in, in Oiler Town uh, with everything that the guys are doing. Yeah, they... I it, it's so tough it like it's so tough to cheer for a team and especially a team where I know that they've hurt me many times so my, when they lose when, like when they come off of like a big winning streak and they lose I immediately start to get down on myself and I immediately start to get down on the team so I'm trying not to I'm still trying to remind myself they just won five games straight and they looked really mm-hmm. damn good and they won those games in different ways. It's not like they were going in and they were winning five, four every game. They were having some efforts where they were going in and they were suppressing shots. They were, and if they were allowing shots on goal, they were muffins from the outside. And it was something that Mike Smith actually had a chance at stopping. So um, the only issue I do have is I think we're starting to get a little too much of Dave Tippett doing what he likes to do, which is, Play Mike Smith. 
Um, cause that's all he wants. Like he, like Mike Smith just played three games straight. Like, could you not have started Miko against Toronto? That first Toronto game, yeah, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's more. And like you said, it's what Tippett likes to do, but Tippett loves riding the hot hand. Totally. And I, on, on one hand, I do have to give him credit for that. Um, on the other hand, I can immediately throw, uh, you decided to play Chris Russell over Evan Bouchard back at his face. That's the, that's foolish. That is foolish shit. So, um, and, and especially with a team like Toronto, where you need puck movement and you need to, you need to make, like, you need to bang that drum. There's, there's, mm-hmm. there's no reason to have guys that can't send a pass to your forward. You don't need that whatsoever. You need to make sure you have guys that are consistently moving the puck. And a lot of those early measures that you sort of see on Twitter, or sorry, like a lot of those early stats that you see on Twitter, a lot of people are saying, man, he's like, he's a future number one defenseman. You just have to put him in that position, mm-hmm. give him that time. Dude, can you imagine when he finally gets on the power play? The numbers he's going to put up are going to be <sighs> stupid. He's already pretty damn stupid um, for defensemen in general. So, yeah, imagine when he's getting power play looks. But, yeah, tonight, like like you said, we're recording Monday. This game against the Leafs is going to be huge just to see what the bounce-back effort is going to be and, you know, what type of team we're going to see just in terms of resiliency, right? Like, we were talking about that a little bit in that first game against the Canucks to come back from down three uh, to win the game 4-3 after getting a 4 nothing loss to, you know, the best team in the division, best team in the NHL currently, statistically speaking. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that fucking hurts to say. That makes me want to scrub my mouth out. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's definitely a statement game to come back against Toronto here and split this. They can't lose both. They shouldn't lose both. If they want any sort of discussion about being a legitimate contender or, you know, knocking on the door of being a legitimate contender, this is a big game to prove to people around the NHL, uh, especially with the media attention Toronto gets. It's a huge, huge statement game for them to show that they're a serious team. You're, uh, yeah, hit it right on the head. <laughs> I have nothing to add to that. You've got it exactly I'm, I'm a- I'm a carpenter and I'm hitting the nail on the head there. <laughs> Except for when you um, accidentally hit it in the side and then it uh, goes through the wood and then you have it kind of sticking out of the edge of the wood and then you're like, oh no, that's no good. <laughs> and then you're watching one of those uh, clickbait Facebook six minute videos for like DIY house hacks and it's some <laughs> idiot shoving ramen into a hole in a drywall and buffing it out and stuff and you're like, who the fuck's <laughs> going to put ramen in their wall? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you ever see those? Yes. Dude, I, I- I hate those fucking videos, man. With a passion, using so marshmallow fluff as fucking yeah. like plaster. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like yeah. So, could you imagine being a realtor and you're taking somebody through the house and like, yeah. So this house was completely rebuilt in 2019 with marshmallow fluff and ramen noodles. Um, the owners. Uh, the- have- the owner's name is MacGyver. <laughs> they have their own uh, YouTube channel, and the wife is very famous on TikTok. Yeah, we're going to look... Yeah, sorry, Bethany. We're actually going to go look at another one. Uh, fucking get, get, get me out of this hellhole before it breaks down. Um, speaking of other shit that makes me irrationally angry, Nolan, the NHL released another Super 16 update ranking. Wow. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this one's actually not as stupid. This one I won't be as angry about. Um, Super 16 presented by... No free ads. Number one, Boston Bruins. Number two, Tampa Bay Lightning. Number three, Vegas Golden Knights. 
Number four, Toronto Maple Leafs. Number five, Panthers. Number six, Hurricanes. Number seven, Avalanche. Number eight, Jets. Number nine, Flyers. Number 10, Caps. Number 11, your Edmonton Oilers. Please pay attention to Robert Clark for the singing of the national anthem. Number 12, Pittsburgh Penguins. Number 13, New York Islanders. 14, St. Louis Blues. 15, La Canadienne. And number 16, Chicago Blackhawks. All in all, when this came out, I wasn't that angry, but it has not aged well. It has not aged well, Nolan. Specifically, the Canadians, they're fucking free fall down the standings. <laughs> I think they're off this list for sure. Um, they're skydiving. They're skydiving off this list. The Flyers, too, in their own right, they're like, hey, buddy, we're not uh, going to be stopped either. Let's see if we can free fall. Free falling. Um, <laughs> the Flyers are actually, uh, 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 the Flyers are like the team that's like strapped onto the Habs while they're like going down. They're lo- like the Habs are like the training instructor and they're going down. They're doing like the hang loose while they're in the air. Car- Carrie Price, you taught me everything I know. Shut up, Carter. We're going for a fly. <laughs> Jump out of the fucking plane. <laughs> Aim for the dot. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Little other guys joke there. No? Big Will Ferrell guys. Yes. Here. Good, good movie. Good, good movie. movie. Um, the fact that the Jets are in eighth is kind of fucking crazy to me. A little bit. Their defense has been so surprising this year. I feel Pionk like... Has, Pionk's a freak. Yeah, I'm really surprised. Also, did you know he's American? Uh, I did, only because, like, I went on HockeyDB, because I was like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? What's his Yeah, I thought, he, I thought he would have been, What's like, What's his Czech- sign? What's your birthday? Yeah, I thought he was going to be Czech, yeah. and then I just look, and I'm like, fucking USA, what the hell? U.S. National <laughs> Development Program. Everybody sick comes from the U.S. National Development Program, <laughs> apparently. But, uh, no, Super 16, not that crazy, um, all in all. But, Nolan, but, Nolan... Uh, I did a little bit of research last night, and I know you got got it in front of you too on your notes. Uh, went through all of the divisions as of yesterday and pulled. You're a freak. I'm not. I'm just a dedicated individual. And <laughs> actually, I think this is a good discussion or a good time for us to do a little bit of a state of the union of the NHL. So what I've a comp- what I've uh, compiled here is as of Sunday night the rankings in each division. And for all four of the top teams in each division, and then all Canadian teams, we're going to look at their points per game. We're going to look at their last 10. We're going to look at their top three scorers, including at least one D-man. And then we're going to do a little bit of an analysis on their goalies and kind of talk about what we think of the division and where we think, um, you know, things are going to kind of finish up for what we've seen so far or if there's any cool storylines or not so cool storylines like both what we're seeing in New York. So... Nolan. Or Buffalo. Or Buffalo. <laughs> so, Nolan, do you want to start with the Central Division? Uh, sure, I can start with the Central Division. Uh, so, we'll start off with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Champa. Ch- Champa Bay. Uh, 29 points in 19 games played. 7-3 uh, and three in their last 10. A um, couple of guys that are playing really well. Steven Stamkos, 19 points. Is it 19 games, or has he missed a few games? He, those are 19 sure. points. Okay, yeah, 19 points, but I can't remember in how many games. Yeah, he's been, he was hurt at the start of the year for a yeah. little bit. Uh, Braden Point with 19 points. Victor Hedman with 15. Probably going to win another Norris. Um, then Andre Vasilevsky with 
12 wins, a 9.38 save percentage, and a 1.75 goals against average. These guys are just stupid. They're, like, when I was checking out the points on their team, they're so freaking deep the whole way down. The amount of guys that have double-digit points, the amount of guys that have eight, seven, six points like on their fourth line that are chipping in for depth scoring, rookies that are playing in one game that have two points. like They're just they're well-coached, they're deep, and they look to be ready to make another run. Dude, I bet you if they took like freaking... Um, like Drake Kajula, they'd make him like a forty goal scorer. Like no, like no joke. Like <laughs> the Drake. <laughs> uh-huh. Fun fact about fun fact about Drake Kajula. Uh, I actually saw Rocket Man with Drake Kajula. He sat behind me, <laughs> and when we walked into the theater, I was like, "Are you Drake Kajula?" And he says, "Yeah, I am." And I was like, "Hey, man, they're really." And this was when he played on Chicago already. He'd already been shipped off, and I was like, "Really big fan." And I was like, "A big Oilers fan." And he's like. Oh, cool. Well, I enjoyed playing there. I'm like, I bet you did. And then... Enjoy your show, Drake. <laughs> and then <laughs> there's a funny moment. I don't know if I actually told you about this, but the, there's a moment where we were watching it, and there's like a sex scene in Rocket Man. And I'm just like sitting there. And <laughs> I know exactly where he's sitting, so I just like turned around and just made a quick <laughs> little bit of eye contact with him. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> hey Drake, turn around. <laughs> I'm the Rocket Man. <laughs> oh God. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he couldn't get out of the theater fast enough. <laughs> no, he oh poor Drake and Jula. Um, but yes, Tampa's very good. <laughs> Champa's slapping. Hot on their heels are the Panthers of Florida, coached by Joel Quinville. 29 points in 20 games, 6-3-1 over their last 10. Huberdeau has 24, Barkov has 21, leading D-scorer Keith Yandel with 13, which is actually pretty damn impressive. Um, Highest paid goaler in the NHL, goaler, it's a new position, I don't know if you've heard of it. Highest paid goalie in the NHL, Sergei Bobrovsky looking low-key bad. Uh, their backup goalie Drager is holding them together. He's seven and two with a 9.28 save percentage, which is uh, pretty good numbers and a very solid outing from him. That's keeping Florida hot and keeping Florida in the conversation. Yeah, they've been honestly. They've probably. I don't want to call them a surprise because last year I think actually quite a few people picked them to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. Well, sorry, not even the playoffs, but like the final. Like, a lot of people thought they could actually well, make the final. Wasn't Bob's first year in Florida last year? Yeah. Which was a huge addition, and that automatically popped them up, right? And he's yeah. Been, he's been low-key bad for them. Exactly. And then they they clear house this summer. Like, sorry, I shouldn't say that they cleared house, but, like, they, they got rid of guys that, like, are good players. Like, they got rid of a guy like Mike Hoffman. They got rid of Evgeny Dadnov. They got rid of Vincent Trocek. Like, those are a lot of guys that are quality NHL players, but they kind of retooled a bit. They got rid of some of that sort of extra weight, and they decided to kind of, like, they're letting guys like Owen Tippett play. Like, mm-hmm. that's a that's a quality player. And I think, at, at, like, as you sort of embrace this, like, em, like, embrace the youth, and you really build around your two stars, which are Huberto and Barkov, like, those guys are really, really, really good. And not only that, but, like, Aaron Ekblad is looking finally like a true number one defenseman and yeah. 
Honestly, I, 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 was I love Aaron Eckblad. I know you're a big Aaron Eckblad guy. Or I think really we're all cute. big Aaron Eckblad guy. He's hot. Yeah, he's definitely oh, yeah. making the one-for-one one summer ranking of hottest players uh, soon to be coming. But uh, I, I remember being really surprised that Yandel was leading and not... Um, and not hot Aaron, but hot Aaron is only like a point or two back. So shout out to both of them. Uh, funny you bring up Vincent Trocheck because we're going to be talking about the Carolina Hurricanes here. 27 points in 20 games, 6-3-1 and one in their last 10. Trocheck, Svech, and Aho are all at 17, leading the team. Um, and Douglas Hamilton, uh, Calgary announcer like to call him the stupidest guy in hockey. 12 points leading the defense. Uh, they got good even scoring throughout the lineup. Three capable goalies, all posting wins, all posting decent numbers. Uh, youth movement in Carolina is finally paying off, and you're seeing a good team, a solid team that's able to keep up with some of the big boys in that tough central division. They they must have some really good museums in uh, Carolina, like like Dougie Hamilton's For probably just Doug. loving them right now. Smart yeah. dumb Doug. Smart Douglas. Smart Douglas. Uh, that, that, man, Carolina. Er, like er, every time I tune into them, it, they're just they're just so good. Um, there's really nothing more you can say. They're extremely well coached. They have a really great system in place. Their decor might be the best in the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like Jacob Slavin is talked is talked is he's kind of starting to become Alexander Barkov, where it's like the the whole he was so underrated that now he's overrated. But like. Jacob Slavin, what he does on the on like on the defensive end of the ice is just stupid. Like he's such a good player, and he can he can play for my team any day. I I hate using that line. Is that such a like bad like like hockey coach line? It's like oh he can play for my team any day. But man, they're they're so good. Um, even a guy like Brett Pesci is really good. I I really don't think they need to make too many moves in order to go on a deep playoff run. I think they're they just need to remain with the development of their guys and everybody seems to be playing well and a guy like, like Vincent Trocek has really shown Florida that they made a huge mistake getting rid of him but mm-hmm. nonetheless I'm I I really like Carolina but the next team is a, a much bigger surprise much bigger surprise the Chicago Blackhawks the windy that's gonna scar me for life <laughs> Chelsea dagger 26 points in 22 games, 7-3-0 and zero in their last 10. Hatcher Kane leading the team with 31 points, very high in the league standings there as well. Ralph DeBringdog, or sorry, Alex DeBringcat. His dog is Ralph DeBringdog on Instagram. He's a Shiba Inu, and he is adorable. Second on the team with 21, Adam Boquist, former uh, London Knight, former D partner of our Dentine Daddy, uh, leading their team's defense with seven points. Um, Nolan, how do you say their goalie's last name? It's Kevin Lankinen. Kevin Lankinen, a little Finnish freak, a little naughty Nordic boy, <laughs> eight three and three with a nine two one save percentage. He's played really well this season, and I think he's a front runner for for a Calder. Uh, it was what a few people are saying, but he's definitely made a shitty Chicago team have a chance at you know, doing something and, and going back to the playoffs for real, for real. Dude, we were talking about this on a group chat earlier today. Shout out Jay and, shout out Jay and Chris and also Luke, but Luke wasn't participating. Um, and <laughs> like Patrick Kane, man, is so good. I hate how good he is because no matter what, no matter how old he gets, he's like, what, 32 years old and he has 31 points. Nasty longevity. 
and he's just he's gonna continue this. He is going like I swear to God, man. He, he's gonna he's going to be forty, and he's gonna be putting up like seventy points a season. Like yeah. he's that good because his game doesn't rely on, on athleticism. It doesn't rely on any sort of strength. It doesn't rely on any sort of size. All it relies on is amazing hands and like incredible hockey sense. And he's also just a good skater. Like he doesn't have to be fast. He's just a good skater. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of. I think he's going to have a career similar to like a to a guy like a, a Pavel Datsuk, but he's obviously not going to be as good defensively, but he'll be able to still play into his early 40s and still be a quality player. Like, you could probably still play Pavel Datsuk in the NHL right now if you wanted to, even though he's playing right. in the K. But no, he's – that team's been – they've been surprising. I still think that there is the inevitable fall-off waiting to happen with them. Um I really think they miss a guy like Jonathan Taves like a lot, and, and Kirby sucks. Doc, man. Yeah, and Kirby Doc, and uh, even uh, Dylan Strom's now in uh, concussion protocol because mm-hmm. I forgot what was going on with uh, Dylan Strom. But I mean, they're I, I, I it, it, as much as I want to see them go away because they're the Chicago Blackhawks and they for some reason have everything go right for them. Uh, I, 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 it's it's been nice to see that they're kind of an underdog story. But like I said, I do expect the inevitable downfall to happen. Yeah, I agree with you. And that is a perfect segue into the rest of the division. I'll quickly read through the four that are on the outside looking in, and then you can give me your prediction for who you think um, moves in or if Chicago stays in or final thoughts. Uh, So next up, fifth in the division, Columbus Blue Jackets, 21 points in 23 games. Torts fellas have gone 3-5-2 over the last 10. After them is the Nashville Predators, 20 points in 21 games, 5-5 in their last 10. Woof. The Detroit Red Wings, 17 points in 23 games, 4-5-1 over their last 10. And last and certainly least, the Dallas Stars, 16 points in 16 games. Their last 10 has been 2-5-3. and three. Nolan, I just want to... Believe- Nolan, Nolan, one sec. One sec. Do you remember the last Sweet 16 rankings when I blacked out because Dallas got placed in the Sweet 16 without even a single game played? Yes. Um, how how did that look? How's that looking? How's that looking, Dallas? To be fair, they played sixteen games, so, so they are like they are like seven games behind everybody so else. They can still frig off. Ran two five <laughs> two five and three. It doesn't matter how many games you played. That's shit. You're dog shit. Um, I could easily see either Columbus or Dallas knocking Chicago out. I would say that actually it's probably me Dallas that's going to knock them out because if they do end up going to like a points percentage system instead of doing like like actual points itself, um, then I, I, I could easily see Dallas taking that spot over Chicago. Um, I do want to make one note on Nashville. That's a bad team. That's a really bad team. And... Uh, I, I, as much as I would love a guy like Philip Forsberg, I think a guy that puts Edmonton over the top, absolutely over the top, and he's he is he is he is gettable. You just got to pay a little bit for him. Is Matthias Ekholm? Oh, really? Matthias Ekholm should be the number one target for Ken Holland because Edmonton can score, but if you get a guy like Matthias Ekholm, he is going to bring down the shots and he is he is going to play extremely sound defensive hockey. It's going to be similar to like a Jake Muzzin situation in Toronto. Like how much does Toronto love Jake Muzzin? Like that that's a like they love that guy or even like a Ryan McDonough in like Tampa. They didn't need Ryan McDonough, but they did. 
and it wasn't until you have that guy in your lineup, and I would love Ken Holland to go after a guy like uh, Matthias Eckholm because he would slot very nicely into the top four. Yeah, man. I would love to see it as well. Um, final thoughts on this division. I know I just shit-talked Dallas about how much I hate them, um, but I 100% agree with you. I think if anybody knocks Chicago out, it is going to be Dallas. Um, I don't think the Columbus experiment with uh, Line A is going to bear fruition this year. I don't think you're going to see them sneak in. So if it's not Chicago, I think it's going to be the Stars. But overall, Central, tough division. Um, not very many games or gimmies here. And a lot of depth, a lot of hard-fought hard games to uh, to get out here. So whoever gets out of that Central division is going to be primed and, and proven. Absolutely. Well, how about we transition over to the East, shall we? The East Division. All right. Uh, starting off with my buddy Nick's favorite team, and the ben. Washington we Capitals. Gotta give, we got to give a shout-out to my buddy Ben and Tanner from Moose Jaw, who are also big Caps guys. A lot of Caps guys on the pod. We love, we love, I, I, I think that it automatically makes us kind of Capitals fans as well. A which, little bit. I am a Capitals fan. I love Alex Ovechkin. I love Nick Backstrom. Um 28 points in 21 games, 6-3-1 in their last 10. I mentioned this in the last episode, but they fucked me on my puck line pick, those sons of bitches. So, no, you know what? I don't like them anymore. Um, but Nick Backstrom, 25 points. Uh, John Carlson, 19 points. Alex Ovechkin, only 17, tied with Tom Wilson. Also, Tom Wilson, hot. Hot, hot dude. Guy. Yeah. So hot. Um and then, uh, yeah, and then they've got their uh, their their out their unknown goaltender. What the hell is his first name? Vanacek. Hold on. No, Vanacek's his last name. I don't know what his first. I know. Name I know is. his. I know Vitek Vanacek or Vanacek. That's a it's hell probably of Vanacek. a handle. That that's is a, a hell of a handle. <laughs> that's like that's like that's like that's like Voltek Volsky. <laughs> it really is. That's a wicked name. But uh, he's been a stud this year. Yeah, and him, I mean, and then you've got a guy like Craig Anderson who's still kind of hanging on for dear life. Ilya Samsonov and Craig Anderson have played five games combined. Yeah, so Vanacek's been absolutely plugging since Samsonov got COVID. Yeah, and that's been been tough to see, especially with a guy like Henrik Lundqvist who's starting his comeback, but it looks like he's definitely not going to play this season, which is very sad to see because... I love Henrik Lundqvist, so. Big Hank fan here, too. But yeah. it just goes to show, uh, you know, like we were saying with Tippett, like, ride the hot hand. That's exactly what's happening in Washington. Uh, opportunity presented itself when Samsonov went down with COVID. Um, Vanacek came in, got his first career win, and has been absolutely rolling ever since, leading Washington to the top of the division. So we'll see if they can keep it up. Uh, Boston Bruins are second in that division. 26 points in 19 games. 6-4 and four over their last 10. The Rat, Marchand, leading with 23 points. Bergeron with 20. And Charlie McAvoy at 15. Tuka Rask, Yaroslav Halak. For a team that's been playing really well, is getting some subpar goaltending. Um, Tuka's got an 8.97 save percentage and a 2.71 goals against average. Halak just over 9 at 9.03 and 2.42. Um, worth keeping in mind as well. Tuka's 33 and Halak's 35. It's that age-old question of the Bruins, you know, when are they going to rebuild? Are they going to rebuild? But looking from the crease out, um, this is a team that is gritty the whole way through, puts up a lot of points throughout their lineup, uh, has a great couple couple top lines there with, with players that can get it done. But 
I don't know, you got to be wondering with these numbers from Rask and Halak, is it just a matter of time before they implode or are they going to be serviceable enough to get them through the rest of the season? It's the Boston Bruins. I think they just stick the landing and they just keep and they just they just keep going. I, I don't really think there's going to be much they can do. It, it's it uh, for all we know, Tuka Rask is going to go into the playoffs and he's going to have like a a, a a a one save percentage because it's going to he's not going to allow any goals because yeah, that's just true. that's just playoff Tuka Rask, right? So mm-hmm. I, I I have all the faith in them to make the playoffs and to go on a pretty deep playoff run too. But yes, six and four in their last ten is a bit concerning, but ultimately I think they're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had that nasty game at Lake Tahoe where they scored seven, and then they got seven scored on them, and then they got six scored on them. So, oof, I, oof is oof is right. Anything I can do to uh, hurt the feelings of T Nye, the science guy, and with his passive favorite team, I'm going to take a shot at it. So that's why I'm so hard on the Bruins. But I do think that they're good. I do think that they belong in top team conversation. And two games is a hiccup. They're going to be fine. Moving on from them, we'll go to the team they actually played in the Lake Tahoe game, the Philadelphia Flyers. Nice segue. Hell of a segue. Uh, wonderful segue. Uh, 25 points in 18 games. 6-2-2 two, and two in their last 10. Uh, I can't believe this is not a typo. James Van Riemsdyk with 25 points. Hokey Dinah, that's a that's a, that's a nice little the uh, the star of the film. Uh, this is forty. I don't know if you knew that he's in the movie. This is forty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not a very good movie, but anyways, uh, Joel Farabee with seventeen points. Ivan Provorov with nine. Uh, Carter Hart has had a stinky season so far. Um, six three and three. Uh, with an 899 save percentage and a 3.35 goals against average. As Miles wrote in here, it would still give a ball for him, which I probably would too. Stats are a bit concerning, but... Stats are a bit concerning, but man. Man. This, I think this kind of goes to show my point about goaltending and how it's kind of a voodoo. Uh, voodoo for sure, especially when we get into the West and we talk about the St. Louis Blues. That's what uh, we in the industry call foreshadowing. But before we do that, we're going to talk about (laughs) we're going to talk about the New York Islanders. Twenty-four points in twenty games played and a slice of pizza. Six, two, and two in their last ten. Matthew Barzell, good friend of Ethan Bear, eighteen points. Anders Lee, not a typo, fourteen points. Nick Letty, fourteen points. Good numbers from a D-man there, uh, older D-man as well. Varlamov and Sororikin. I don't know, I fucking butchered that, um, are very hot. Varlamov especially, he's got a 9.24 save percentage and a 2.17 goals against average in 16 games played with nine wins. Boom, Islanders, looking good, looking tough. Matthew Barzell still gives me nightmares because Matthew the Warriors could have had him, but oh. instead they decided they wanted Griffin Reinhardt instead. Moment of silence. It's been a long day <laughs> without you, my friend. After them is the Pittsburgh Penguins, 23 points in 19 games played, 6-4 and four over the last 10. The New York Rangers, Tony D'Angelo's former club or current former club, 17 points in 19 games played, 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. Alexis Lafreniere, where the hell are you? New Jersey, 16 points in 17 games played, 4-5-1. The P.K. Subban training video is going to be out this summer. We're going to see how he gets ready for his season. 
And last and certainly least, the Buffalo Sabres, 15 points in 19 games played. Uh, two, seven, and one in their last 10, but first in hot wings consumed per capita. That is how the East Division is shaping up. What do you think, Nolan? I have to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. <laughs> okay. I know we're trying to get this done in time, but I need to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. Go off, King. Dude, Jeff Skinner, one assist in 16 games, scratch for, the, for, scratch for three games, and he's been playing almost exclusively fourth line minutes. Six years left at $9 million per year. Big oof. Uh, <laughs> There's some bad fucking contracts in the NHL, but that well, contract here's the thing, though, is hurts, that, is, that, is that Jeff Skinner's contract is not... It's not even really that bad if Ralph Kruger was playing, playing him properly. Now, I'm a big Ralph Kruger guy. I'm a, I'm a Ralph Kruger stan. You know as well as I know that when he was a coaching free agent that I wanted him to come back to Edmonton because um, I thought that he brought the Oilers to their best record they've had in a while. Um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins said he was the one that got away, which was something that I was really interested in. And yeah, really, really big fan of the guy. That team sucks, and I think a lot of that has to do with Ralph Kruger. You should be playing Jeff Skinner with Jack Eichel because, as all of the advanced analytics will tell you, I was listening to a podcast about this earlier today. No free ads. And they were, they were talking about how good the numbers looked with Eichel, and they'd played him a total of four minutes. Like, he scored, if, when, he was on, when he was on Eichel's wing, when he scored 40 goals two years ago, which gave him that $72 million contract, he was like he was good. He was really good. He scored forty goals. Like, I, I what else do you want from Jeff Skinner? I, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't need Jeff Skinner uh, uh, playing uh, like fucking Mark Stone. Like, I don't need him playing really well defensively. If he scores you forty goals, he scores you forty goals, and that's the one thing Jeff Skinner's really good at is five on five offensive play. And for some reason, he's being thrown in a fourth line role. I think this looks bad on the coaching staff. I think this looks bad on the team. I think this looks really bad for a situation with a guy like Taylor Hall, which he's probably going to leave in the offseason. If not, he's going to be traded at the trade deadline. And I feel so bad for Sabres fans. I, I really do because they're kind of going through what, what us Oilers fans went through a couple of years ago. But I think Jack Eichel's gone. I don't think I don't think he's staying, and I think no. that's going to be I think that's going to be a hell of a package that's going to go out for Jack Eichel. I think it's either going to be the Rangers or the Kings because those teams have really enticing packages to offer. You got Lafreniere with you got Lafreniere with the Rangers, which yes, I've been reading this on Twitter. People are like, "Oh, if they ask for Capocacco, Alexis Lafreniere, then we're not doing the deal." Uh, if you're getting Jack Eichel, you're doing the fucking deal. You're paying up Alexis Lafreniere. You're on crack if you're not. Jack Eichel and Broadway Blue would be nasty too. Absolutely. Be- and 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 if he goes to the Kings, like yeah, they're gonna pay up for like Quentin Byfield and like and like Arthur Kaliev and um, you know Alex Turcotte, whoever. Like you you make that move because you're getting a superstar. Like you're getting a guy who is a franchise center. The hardest thing to get in all in all of hockey. So. That's my that's my rant for the Buffalo Sabres. I'm sorry, Sabres fans. I love you. I don't like Buffalo, the city, but I love Sabres fans. I, yeah, 100% agree with you. Sorry to uh, Nye Guy if you're listening to that one. That hurts you, little buddy. I'm sorry about that. But let's talk about something that is a little bit more uh, happy, and that is the West Division. 
Vegas Golden Knights, 25 points in 17 games, leading the charge 7-3-0 over their last 10. Uh, one for one stand that we stand for, Mark Stone, 17 points. Uh, William Lars Carlson next at 14. Alec Martinez leading the way on the blue line with 9. Recently signed Alex Petrangelo is there at 8, but he's been missing a heck of a lot of games with injury and whatnot, um, but having a nice little season there. Mark Andre Fleury going dumb, 9-3-1 with a .941 save percentage and a 1.59 goals against average while Leonard's been hurt. Uh, and that's the scary part, man. Leonard's been hurt or on the bench. Like, that goaltending duo uh, is not probably, is by far the best in the NHL. They're deep. Forwards, defense, goaltending. Uh, Vegas looks good. Vegas looks poised to do something in the cup again. And I'm scared of Vegas. If you want analytics nerds to explode, um, put Vegas and Carolina in the Stanley Cup final. I could, I could easily <laughs> see it. Like, that's, like... Vegas might be the deepest team in the NHL, and it's oh, yeah. like they're they're so good, man. Like they're I like like you mentioned, Mark Stone. I love Mark Stone so much. I mm-hmm. am still mad the Oilers didn't trade for him, but say la vie. But I'm a little surprised by Alex Petrangelo's numbers, despite the fact that he has missed games. Um, I, did, I think I did see that he was actually a minus, which I don't put too much stock into plus minus, but. He's like you. You made some moves this off season in order to get Alex Petrangelo. Like I'm sorry, I expect much better from Alex Petrangelo. So I'm sure he'll get it together. Or I'm sure he'll get it together. But that's a yeah. That's a that's a great team. I I I have really nothing else to say about <laughs> about the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, really. This inter- This is interesting though. Second in the division, the Minnesota Wild. 24 points in 18 games played, 7-3-0, just like the Knights in their last 10 games. Leading the charge is their 80-year-old Russian rookie with 17 points. Greenway next at 14, and Dumba at 8th on the blue line. They're getting good goaltending from Talbot and Kakahoon. Uh, they both over 9 with their save percentage, and they're both under 2.5 with their goals against average. So from a goaltending tandem and a young core, can't be mad at second in the division. Uh, doing pretty well Kiro Kaprizov is really good he's like he's he like you see it all the time but he's made the Minnesota Wild like must watch television like he's very mm-hmm. very very good except he's very very, very except good. he's uh stealing Connor McDavid Valor as well so that's not good we need to we need to fix that <laughs> um but coming in uh in third are the St. Louis Blues with 24 points in 21 games four five and one over the last 10 yeah David Prawn, former Edmonton Oiler. Uh, former Edmonton Oiler. Yeah, after, after Cam Talbot as well, former Oiler. Former Oiler. Um, David Prawn has 21 points in um, 21 games. Um, who? Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> has 19 points. Captain, Captain Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, Jordan Kyrou with 18 points, and Tori Krug, the new free agent acquisition, with 12 points. Do you want to take over on uh, on our on our guy, on our guy there? <laughs> I do, I do. Uh, going back to what we were saying about Carter Hart, a young guy who had an unbelievable season last year, coming out this year and playing a little bit stinky. We have a similar story out west here with Blackout Bennington putting up some mediocre numbers. 8-6-2 on the year with a 9-0-9 and a 2.66, which at the surface level doesn't look that bad. But for a guy who was branded the second coming of Christ when he came out halfway through the year and led them to a Stanley Cup, you expect a lot better. 
for what he's being paid, you expect a lot better. For the way that this roster is designed, you expect a lot better. And not to put all the blame on Bennington, but he's letting them down. Um, they've played the Coyotes seven times this year. So that's a seven-game series. That's a fair sample size. Uh, and in those seven games, they actually lost the series 4-3. If that was a playoff series, the, the Arizona Coyotes beat the St. Louis Blues out of the playoffs. Yeah. I think that I think that, that falls directly on the shoulders of guys like Ryan O'Reilly and Bennington um, not showing up. Shout out to Jordan Cairo, though. I've always been a big fan of him, and to see him uh, finally proving his worth and, and having 18 points with Tarasenko out is, is nice to see. Um, but that's just at 2 0. They're at this place with Tarasenko out. Um, so that team is going to get a lot deeper. It sounds like he's coming back right away. It'll be interesting to see what that fridge on skates can do and, and how many goals he can score. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, you hammered it on the head with Jordan Biddington. I've never been a fan of Jordan Biddington, to be, com- to be completely honest. Um, I've I, I just thought, like, ever since that playoff run, I'm like, this guy is going to make a shit ton of money based off of a playoff run. And his next contract, because I don't think he's going to be a St. Louis Blue next season, and I think some team is going... I swear to God, Ken Holland, if you fucking do this, I'm going to... Oh, my God. But... Uh, don't even manifest No, I, I can't. But Jordan Bennington is going to make, like, $60 million off of the fact that he won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues. Of, like, off name recognition and name recognition alone. Did you exactly. See, did you see the game against the Stars when he got yanked and then tried to fight he everybody out. on the way off the Yeah, that was the wild... Wild. No, that was the Sharks. Evander Kane scored. Oh, sorry. On him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. I was thinking of Devin Dubnik. Oops. <laughs> Whoop. Former Oiler. Um, ooh, that one hurts. Hey, looking back on that. <laughs> see you later. Let's just uh, sweep that under the rug. <laughs> but no, guy gets guy gets absolutely lit up by Evander Kane. Nice goal, glove side. Um, he's getting called, pulled off the ice. Um, tries to scrap Eric Carlson on the way out. Don't know what was said. Guy's been there before maybe been pulled in a game who knows probably told me look like the wish version of a pirate <laughs> exactly <laughs> but goes after eric carlson dubnik tells him to get the fuck off the ice goes after dubnik throws a punch with the blocker at him and then just you know realizes that devin dubnik is about six inches taller than him so then he skates off the tunnel and gets off the ice but he's always just been like too sick too sick jordan bennington like that what was that one thing they asked him in the in the playoffs, they're like, oh, yeah, oh, you're, you're coming are in. Are you deep. nervous? Are you nervous? And he's like, do I look nervous? Like, I don't know, Jordan Bennington, you're 8, 6, and 2, and your team has Colorado and L.A. and Arizona chasing you by the heels. I don't know, are you nervous now? Like, you're close to not being there, and your backup goalie is ass. Sorry, Huso. Um, I would like to see a little bit more from the St. Louis Blues. We spent enough time talking about the St. Louis can Blues. I say, can I mention one thing? Can I mention yes. one thing? Okay. I just want to mention the quote from Devin Dubnik. Um, <laughs> I don't know why he's skating around pretending to punch guys. I just told him, get off the ice, calm down. He's 160 pounds and out there swinging at guys. I don't know why he's out there fake punching everybody, but I understand guys get frustrated sometimes. <laughs> That's a rock star answer from Dubnik because Dubnik would have beat the freaking doors off of him if they would have fought. Oh, I miss you, Devin Dubnik. Devin Dubnik's a big man too. Like he's a he's a he's a unit. And he's a wholesome man. And he's a wholesome man. He's got a cute dog. Everything about him, I miss him. Um, but knocking on the heels of the St. Louis Blues is the Colorado Avalanche. Twenty-three points in eighteen games played. Six-three and one in their last ten. Nate Dog McKinnon leading the charge with twenty points. Um, Miko Ratnan's got 18 
and Kale McCarr, the guy who makes my butt cheeks tight, leading defense uh, on that blue line with 14 points. Uh, Philip Grubauer going dumb, 9-2-3 and a 201 goals against average. He's playing very well. Um, that Colorado team is very good. Uh, only 18 games played, so you can see that's the same as Minnesota. They've been uh, kind of chapped by COVID, um, but they've got a lot of games on hand on St. Louis and are making a charge. What do you put the over-under at for uh, Kale McCard Norris trophies? Three, over three. Yeah, I I th- I think he's he oh god. Every he's time I so watch him, good. every time I watch him I'm just like fuck off. <laughs> like, his his edge work is probably some of the best I've ever seen. And it's just like that entire team I I am ex- I'm looking forward to seeing a how much Kale McCarr gets paid because that is going to <laughs> turn the tide <laughs> because he's he's going to need a contract this off season. Oops. And he's going to get the bag. We, yeah, unless unless they go with that whole like bullshit Nathan McKinnon quote where he's like, oh, "Yeah, we uh, we'd all take less money to play on this team." It's like, no, Nathan McKinnon, you got fucked in your contract, and you're acting like as as if you took a bargain to play for the team. Like, frig off. Um, no, uh, they're they're good. They're probably gonna get their shit together for the playoffs, and they're gonna they're gonna probably go really far. But I still don't think they're gonna beat the Golden Knights. No, but that'll be a hell of a series, and I'm down to watch it. Um, after Colorado, you got the LA Kings, 22 points in 20 games, 6-2-2. Two two. Pretty surprising. Um, happy for them. A lot of guys on that roster that I don't hate. Just kidding. Fuck the Kings. Uh, <laughs> Arizona Coyotes after them, 21-21, 4-4-2 two in their last 10. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks, 17 points in 21 games. The Anaheim two, Cucks. <laughs> uh, playing like a 2-5-3 and three in their last 10. The boys need a kick in the ass there pretty bad. And last is the San Jose Sharks, 16 points in 18 games, 4-4-2. Four, four, and two. So it looks like they're starting to get things together, but um, San Jose's got a lot of problems. San Jose's got more a like, lot of stuff to deal with. More like the San Jose farts. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I got them. <got 'em>. Stinky! <laughs> P.U. Uh, no, I think uh, I think Anaheim, Arizona, San Jose. Actually, you know what? That's pretty well, pretty much a perfect top four i think uh i think that's how it stays i don't think anything I, really changes i there. think minnesota will drop down to four but mm-hmm. i think that but it'll I, be I think, those four there yeah exactly yeah. i think that yeah it's gonna stay exactly like that so see you later west division and now we move into the north the north that oh. we've what we've been talking about all year um so we're gonna look at all the teams in this division and then i'm gonna rant about measuring stick games and then we'll wrap things up Uh, So first in the North Division and first in the NHL, the Toronto Maple Leafs, 34 points in 22 games played, 7-2-1 over the last 10. Mitchell Marner, or Bitch Marner as I call him, 32 points. Austin Matthews, 31. And Morgan Riley at 16. Freddie Anderson being uh, a nice little redheaded man with 9.05 and 2.69 goals against average. I think they might actually be good. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, I think the TJ, I think the TJ Brody signing was really, really, really smart. And as much as I don't want to admit it, and the depth up, the depth up and down that lineup is still really good. I still, this might make me sound like a biased Oilers fan, and I don't really give a shit because you're listening to an Oilers podcast, so freak off. But um, I, I don't see that, I don't see that superstar drive out of the Leafs that I think that you find from guys like. Crosby or McDavid where 
when you're down by a goal, even if the Oilers don't make it happen, I think the reason why they don't make it happen is because of the lack of talent that's on the team, right? Which they're more talented now, but you kind of get, I, I hope you kind of get my drift. But I think with the amount of talent that the Leafs have, I don't see a guy like Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, or John Tavares be like, I'm going to will this team to a win. And I think that is a, that's a big thing. And I think that's a, that's something that goes underrated through a lot of teams. And yes, Austin Matthews is going to contend for the heart. He's probably going to score anywhere from 35 to 50 goals. Like he's, he's that good. He's phenomenal. He's that, he's that big. He's, he's an incredible talent. I think that that John Tavares contract is going to age terribly. Um, he's under a point per game, and he's paid $11 million. Sorry, that's unacceptable. If you're an $11 million player, you are on top of it at all times. Sorry, that's just how it works. But you're right. They are a very good team, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10. They just beat the Oilers. So they kind of like have their have their spot in that, in that division. Um, yeah. There's really not not much else you can say. They're a deep team. I worry if some of their if some of their defensemen go down. I know that Jake Muzzin has gone down for a period of time, so they've looked pretty good without without uh, Jake Muzzin. But remains to be seen with a guy like uh, you know with a guy with a guy like TJ Brody. Riley in his own end is still not very good to see. <laughs> like I watch that and I'm like, ooh, that's no good. But um, yeah, Leafs are the Leafs. Move to the Leafs. Next up, your Edmonton Oilers. 20, Second in the division, first in our hearts. First in our hearts. Uh, twenty-eight points in thirty. Twenty-eight points in twenty-three games. Eight and two in their last ten. McFather has forty. Dry has thirty-four. Tyson Berry leading defense with eighteen. Koski's got a nine-zero-one uh, save percentage and a three-point-two-six goals against average in fifteen games played, going seven and eight. Mike Smith has a nine-thirty-four save percentage and a two-point-zero-four goals against average, going six and one in eight games played. Well, I think we've kind of already touched upon the team enough. We've talked about the we've talked about the Oilers for yeah. for eight game, or for eight, for eight episodes here. Let's move right on to the Jets. Twenty seven points in twenty games played. I don't think we have any Jets fans, which is very nice. 20, 27 points in twenty games played. Seven and three in their last ten. Mark Shifley has twenty eight points. Oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. Nikolai Ehlers has twenty two points, and Pionk at sixteen leading their defense. Connor Hellebuck having a very good year. He's got a .918 save percentage and a 2.24 goals against average with a 10-5-1 record. Faces a ton of rubber. I think he's faced like a, a 450 shots already this year. Oh. Yeah, he's a freaking workhorse, and he's good. Uh, Connor yeah. Hellebuck is, is a very, very good goaltender. I think, uh, this, I mean, I don't know if I want to call Vasilevsky the best goalie in the league but i would probably say connor hellebuck is either that guy or he's second to andre vasilevsky so but no best goaltending in the division typically goaltending wins the games um like you mentioned really great offensively pierre luke dubois still has to kind of get his footing in there but um looks pretty good i think yeah i think they're gonna be a playoff team for sure I don't disagree with you there. Uh, here's somebody I don't think is going to be a playoff team. The Montreal Canadiens. 23 points in 20 games played. A abysmal 2-5-3 and three in their last 10 with a coaching change. Jeff Petrie, former Oiler, leading the charge there with 18 points. Tyler Toffoli second with 17. And Suzuki with 14. The only team that we looked at in this whole ranking system here that has a defenseman leading in points, which is interesting enough. 
Um, talking about the best goalie in the league, a lot of people might say that that's Carey Price. A lot of people might be wrong. Um, good numbers, though, with a shitty team in front of him. He's got a .929 save percentage and a 2.12 goals against average. So you know Carey Price is a dog. You know Carey Price is always going to eat. He's always going to get his numbers. And that's actually pretty impressive to see that when with that Miles, I think that him. might be incorrect. Think so? I think so, because he's been really bad. Yeah. He has a he's five four and three and has a point eight 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 save percentage and three point one three goals against. Hockey DB, you made me look like a fool. It's okay. It's not a big deal. No. Um, I take it, back if so you retract everything I said. Carey Price is a coward. <laughs> yeah, apparently a lot, a lot of Habs fans have been really pissed off with him because, uh, like, a lot of people are thinking that the re- like the reason why Claude Julien got fired was because of Carey Price, and they're like, well, it's not, it's not, it's not Claude Julien's fault that Carey Price is, a, is playing like shit this year. So, yeah, you have to expect more for ten million dollars. Like he, he's, he's hasn't been very, he hasn't been very good. But yeah, like they, like they came out looking gangbusters and. They just they just don't look good now, and the Habs are just they're on like they're on that free fall. I knew that I knew that start was too good to be true because it's just you don't have the high end talent, and you need the high end talent to win games. And I just don't think that they have that. No, I don't. I don't either. Um, this one's for all the Flames stands in the crowd. Wave your hands, Hodge, Shells, and Diager. Um, Calgary Flames, twenty two points in twenty two games. Four, five, and one in their last uh, ten. Uh, Titty Boy Johnny Gaudreau leading the team with twenty. Lindholm there with nineteen, and Rasmus Anderson, one of the nice contracts in the league, thirteen points. Your King Jacob Markstrom with a .909 save percentage and a two point eight seven goals against average. Love to see it <laughs> for an eight six and one record. And the stick flip bitch himself, Dave Riddick. with a 2.77 goals against average going 2-4-1. So very similar numbers from your two goalies, your your two-time All-Star and your free agent frenzy pick. Um, Wow, good for you guys. Yeah, I I don't, I don't, I'm I'm not going to mention anything about Jacob Markstrom. Oh my God, speaking of which. The Senators are currently leading the Flames 3-1. Love to see it. Mm, Brady. Um, but uh yeah, I'm I'm not I'm not gonna mention anything about Jacob Markstrom. We'll we'll wait until season's end because um I'll have some thoughts. Um but yeah, I I enjoy seeing the Calgary Flames in pain. Uh watching them get uh, completely uh get their cheeks clapped by the <laughs> fucking Ottawa Senators was phenomenal to see. Um, I, yeah, they're, they're not looking too good. I think that they're definitely going to knock the Canadiens out of the playoff race. So I do think that they're going to be waiting there, but I think the Oilers can definitely take them out in a jiff. For sure. Next up is the Vancouver Canucks. I'm so sorry, Floor Pie Alex, that you have to cheer for this flaming shit pile of a team. 18 points in 24 games played. 2-6-2 two, and two over their last 10. Ugh. Hot Brock Besser leading the way with 22 points. Uh, Quinn Hughes right there with 21. And uh, TJ Miller, I think it is, 19 points. JT Miller. JT, TJ. This TJ Miller is the comedian that got canceled. Oh, oh yeah, the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Neat. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Your 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 hot boy Thatcher Demko with a .901 save percentage and a 3.28 goals against average going 4-9-1. and 
Braden Holpe, his counterpart, with oh. a 8.93 save percentage and a 3.51 goals against average with a 4-5-1 record. Pretty close numbers between those two goalies. Both quite stinky. And that was a duo that was at the start of the year was supposed to have a lot of uh, a lot of hype around it. So, sorry Canucks fans. Sorry Floor by Alex. Sorry Mr. Green. And sorry Tyler Miners. That you are still That's in the what NHL. happens when you get rid of a top four defenseman, your number one goalie, and a top line winger. You don't want to do that because watch what the Edmonton Oilers did in 2017. It wasn't too good. Is that off, was that off the dome? That was literally off, off, off the top of my head. Two claps and a Ric Flair for you. Ho-ho. Last but not least, the Ottawa Senators. 15 points in 23 games played. 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Brady Kachuk. Not bad. <laughs> on it. Yo, hold up. Brady Kachuk, <laughs> 16 points leading the way there. Batherson, ha, 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 ha. Second on your team with 15. And Tommy Shabbat, who I think is going to be a very, very good NHL defenseman, 14 points leading the way there. Matt Murray is uh, .884 with a 3.72. He's 5-10-1. and one. And Marcus Hogberg, a guy we like to make a lot of fun of. Hogberg. Hogberg. Uh, 0.859 and a 4.34 goals against average and a 2-5 record. Okay, NHL North Division. Here we go. Ottawa has gotten their shit pumped for long enough. I think that they're finally starting to show a little bit of pride and are going to start picking things up. I'm very glad the Oilers got to play them four times already and got them when they were uh, playing poorly because I do seriously think that they're not going to finish last in this division i was about to say the same thing i think vancouver's on the free you're about to say vancouver's on the free fall and you think they're gonna end up last day eh? i do yeah, yeah i do think vancouver's gonna gonna poop the poop the stable I there completely agree. and i think ottawa's gonna go ahead of them and then i think montreal and then it'll be calgary and then um jets oilers leafs are gonna be one two three can i tell you a really hot take spice it up oh this is fucking I think there are going to be Elias Pettersson trade rumors this summer. Ooh, spicy, spicy. I don't I don't necessarily think he's going to want out of Vancouver. I think there is something to be said about this whole, like, agent change thing, because there was the whole thing that Elliot Friedman reported about how he, about how he switched agents. He is going to ask for a lot of money. And I think with what they did last offseason, the fact that they like they did not take advantage of the fact that he's still on an entry-level contract. They didn't do it. And this is what happens. It happened to the Oilers. They could have done it when McDavid was on his rookie deal, but they didn't. And I think Elias Pettersson is going to ask for upwards of like 11 to $12 million. And I think there's, and I think there's going to be like, I think, I think, Francisco Accolini is going to be like, uh, I don't don't know if I want to write that check. Uh, Jim, can you please uh, take a look into maybe moving him? And he'd be like, um, uh, well, Mr. Accolini, um, I, I think that would be a really bad idea. And he'd say, fucking do it. Um, and <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't think he's going, I don't know if he's going to get traded, but I think there's going to be trade rumors this summer. That's all. That's all. That's my, that's my hot take. Hey, my, we'll wait my and see. Thing. I don't hate yeah. it. So what does this all mean? We just spent the better parts of 40 minutes here talking about uh, an NHL update and a State of the Union. What I think, I'm first and foremost, I'm very glad that we have hockey this year. I'm so yes. glad that we're able to watch my favorite sport, a lot of people's favorite sport, best game on the on earth, uh, 
not a hot take it is and uh, that we get to see this product and, and these games despite everything that's going on in the world my one gripe is that we don't have the measuring stick games that a lot of other divisions do I think that while the North Division is pretty good we don't have a top tier runaway favorite like a lot of the other divisions do. We don't get to go against the Tampa Bay. We don't get to go against a Vegas Golden Knights. We don't go, get to go against a Capitals or a tough team like the Penguins or Bruins or Flyers or anything like that. Uh, and I think that that's why Toronto is as inflated as they are and as good as they are because they're good. They're a very good team. Yeah. But I would like to see them go against one of the premier teams, one of the proven teams, and see if they get their shit packed or if they play not bad. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think that I think I will be honest. I think Toronto's done enough to to be able to say that they they are a very good team and that they are one of the best teams in the NHL. So I'll, I'll give them credit where credits due. But yeah, you're right. I think that they're they're going to benefit very heavily from not having to play Boston this year. Like uh, they're like a lot. And Mentally. and especially if they were playing the regular season, they were blowing games like that to like to them or the Penguins or who or who whom or losing to a emergency backup goaltender. Another possibility as well. Um, but yeah, I think uh, it's going to be tough, especially going into the playoffs, because the winner or the the one that ends up winning the North Division is going to be automatically in the conference final. And you're going to be going up against a really good team. So, like, you yeah, could very well have your shit handed to you by that time. Nolan, one th- last thing I want to say about the North Division. In my heart of hearts, Homer aside, I do think that the Oilers can beat the Leafs in a seven-game series. I think so, too. I think um, I think when the game gets – when the game – like – Playoff hockey, how do I explain it? Like, the first round of the playoffs are, are really fast, right? Like, we, we always see that, like, right when the like right when it starts. But the Oilers most likely won't have to play the Leafs in the first round of the playoffs. They'll probably end up playing a team like Calgary, which if we get a ba- Battle of Alberta first round, holy shit. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think me and Flamestein Kyle are going to be friends no, anymore. No, probably not. Um, but I, I think that when it, when it comes down to it, when you're in that second round and both teams have been kind of beaten up a bit mentally, I think when you have a team that's coached by Dave Tippett and you've got a guy like Mike Smith, despite the numbers, despite the history, he lives for big games. And if you get that, like that flames, like that one flames run where he was like insane, but the offense completely dried up in Calgary. If you get that Mike Smith, that could lead you to it like a straight up like could lead you to a Stanley Cup final. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I completely agree with you. And a guy like Zach Cassian would be like as much as he has not been good and he's making me extremely frustrated. Uh, I I could easily see him being a huge X factor in the playoffs. And even a guy like Josh Archibald too. Like I love Josh Archibald and he's yeah. chippy. Like you want you want guys like that. Fifth in the NHL in hits, as we said earlier. He's a gritty guy. Yeah. He likes to go out there. That's a perfect playoff player. Yeah, Jujar too. Like Jujar would fucking have a field day in the playoffs. He'd love it. It's just a matter of getting there. When things slow down, when things slow down, games get a little bit more physical. I think that this Oilers team handles the Leafs, handles the Flames, yeah. handles the Jets. So, not worried. Uh, excited. Like I said, would like to see a measuring stick game. 
Um, that being said, I do think that, in my opinion, I think it's Vegas's to lose this year. Yeah, it's gonna. It's probably. It's. It's. Yeah, I. I would agree with you. I could also just see Tampa repeating again because they're fucking Tampa. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to just quick. Quick uh, of next week. Uh, next. Well, this week's games. Uh, tonight, Toronto again. Um, please, please win this one. I. I don't want to deal with hazing from Leafs fans tonight. Please, please, for the love of God. Uh, they play Toronto again on the 3rd, so uh, on Wednesday. And then on March 6th, Saturday, we get it again. Get a little the Battle of Alberta. I'm so excited. Nolan, how do you think I they're going to how do you think they're going to do this week? 2 and 1 again. 2 and 1. I'm thinking. I think they're. I'm thinking I think two they're is gonna, one, two and one as well. Okay, good. Uh, we think uh, probably win Toronto tonight, lose Toronto tomorrow, win, win Calgary, win Calgary. Okay, perfect. We're on, we're on the same wavelength. Hey, and when we're on the same wavelength, we're right. The past two weeks, we've been on the same wavelength, syncing up, and we've been correct. So knock let's on. Let's do it. Knock on drywall. Let's hope it happens. Well, that's going to wrap it up this week for the one for one podcast we were originally trying to plan to be about an hour we're currently at an hour 25 <laughs> but you know what you know what it's for the love of the game we love it we love it. um i want to say once again thank you to everybody that has been uh that has been uh following us on instagram as well as twitter please if you have not followed those follow us on instagram at one underscore four underscore one pod and then on twitter at one for one pod we would appreciate all the follows we can get and uh you can get your uh you can get your pre pre-game stuff on instagram and then your mid-game stuff on twitter which is which is lovely nice but mix. As, as always i'm your host nolan schumann joined as always by my co-host miles fuchs miles close it out thanks everybody and go Oilers, go go Oilers, go, go.